Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Good morning and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at WDWS.com. Now... Here's your host, Brian Barnhart. And good morning, everybody. It's a penny for your thoughts. Good to have you with us here at 9.07 as we get started here on this Wednesday Forecast from AccuWeather says breezy this afternoon, periods of uh, showers at a high of 44, low of 40 tonight, and breezy, and then tomorrow some crowds, incre- uh, crowds cl- clouds, and increasingly windy with a couple of showers at a high of 45, but temperatures falling during the day tomorrow. Hope you're doing well on this overcast day. Got a big basketball game tonight and another big game tomorrow night. The Illini women uh, playing tonight at 7. They're ranked 21st. Indiana's ranked number 6. First time since 2000, I think they've said, that Illinois women are ranked and the opponent they're playing is ranked. So get on over to the State Farm Center tonight for the Illini women against Indiana. And you can't beat the price of tickets, $5. And the parking's free. And the team's really good. So there's a lot of things you can do uh, with that coming up uh, tonight. All right, uh, what's happening out there? 217-356-9397 is our number. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. Open line this first hour. Cynthia Bruno will join us, Unit 4 Families for a Smarter Solution. We had her on oh sometime late last fall. Uh, Unit 4 has been looking at their schools of choice. They've taken a lot of input. There's been a lot of talk about it. And they're going to vote on another proposal coming up, I think, January 23rd. One came forward here on January 9th. We'll talk to Cynthia about that, what that looks like as far as uh, going forward with the elementary schools uh, in Unit 4. Tomorrow we'll have a couple of experts on uh, talking about the handling of classified documents. You may have heard about that. A couple of stories out there. Uh, whether it's Donald Trump or Joe Biden and documents here and there, uh, we'll talk about the handling of those documents. These two folks have done that a lot in their career, and they can help us understand a little better what goes into that. Friday, Justice Robert Steigman to close out the week. Jim Dye in the middle of next week, uh, towards the end of the month, or at least maybe the start of February, I can't remember which, the uh, new congresswoman 
that represents part of our district. Nikki Budzinski will join us. Fresh face in uh, Washington, won her race uh, here this fall. Democratic uh, candidate won, and she's in Congress now. We'll talk to her near the end of the month. You'll hear a lot about the debt ceiling starting today, if you haven't already. That will be, uh, they'll be drumming on that for a while, and that is going to be a battle, I think, in Washington, because Kevin McCarthy, to get to uh, the number he needed to become Speaker, had to make concessions on certain things to uh, get the number of votes he needed to become Speaker, because the margin in the House for the Republicans is really, really slim. And uh, there's some folks in there in Congress that say, we're not going to do this debt ceiling thing unless we get what we want in uh, budget cuts or otherwise. So you'll get to start hearing about that uh, starting today, I would think, and tomorrow, I think, is when we hit the debt ceiling. So there you go. All right, the price of eggs. What's up with that? And there's a couple of reasons why. My wife and I were talking about this last night. I don't eat eggs. I mean, unless, you know, they're baked into something. But I know a lot of people do, and I guess uh, you can tell me what you're paying for eggs these days. I've got some prices from Wisconsin, our neighbors to the north, as to what it is for a dozen eggs. A local judge, Judge Ben Dyer, looking to increase pay for jurors on longer trials. Apparently he's got a trial coming up here this spring that uh, could last uh, quite a while. And uh, he's gotten together with uh, Randy Rosenbaum, the presiding judge, and uh, looking at a proposal. I guess currently it's $10 a day. It's been a while since see, I was up for jury duty. I don't know how long ago. It's been a while. We never made it to the courtroom. They settled before we got in there. But I guess the cause, the pay is $10 a day, and that's been around since 1965. And uh, Judge Dyer's wanting to get that up to $40 a day for trials that run longer than three weeks. So we'll talk about that a little bit. I uh, want to remind you, the uh, normally on Mondays we have the Esquire show. Well, it's since we had a basketball game on uh, Monday, we couldn't do it then. And the show is tonight at 5 at the Esquire. So if you go to that show or you haven't been and you'd like to go, maybe you can't go on Mondays, but you can go tonight. At 5 o'clock, Art Sitkowski, Lanai quarterback, is the guest. He's retiring from being a quarterback now, or he's done with with that part of his life, and he's been added to the uh, staff, to uh, Brett Bielema's staff. So Art Sitkowski tonight at 5 with the guys at the Esquire. We mentioned the Illini women tonight against Indiana at State Farm Center at 7. Illini men tomorrow night against Indiana at uh, 7.30. And an interesting couple of stories. The uh, TSA folks say 6,542 firearms were seized at airports in passengers' carry-on bags in the last year, 88% of those were loaded. And uh, some of the airports, I think, were Dallas and Houston and a couple others out there. A hybrid for a Corvette is out. The E-Ray will tell you how much that costs, and if you want a convertible, how much it costs. A hybrid Corvette in the news today. And those are just some of the things that are out there. You can uh, join us here on A Penny for Your Thoughts, an open line here this first hour, 217-356-9397 is our number. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. 
9.13, an opening break, and then we'll get it cranked up and going here on this Wednesday. Sixteen on an overcast Wednesday. See if we get some rain. They say it's supposed to rain here at some point. Looks like it could at any time. Good to have you with us on A Penny for Your Thoughts. No matter where you're listening, how you're listening, how you go about it, we're just glad you're there. Yesterday we had uh, Doug Wilson on with some uh, guests in that second hour. And right near the end of the show, uh, Doug said, hey, mention I'll give away... uh, some signed copies of his book, Doug's Rooms. And he got a lot of responses right at 11 o'clock. Uh, he planned to give away three. He says now he'd like to give away six, and he did. Because a lot of folks got into his um, Instagram account, Doug Wilson Designer. And uh, those winners were uh, Jerry Parks, Sally Olson, Joni Roy, Scott Schmidt, Kay, Kate71, and Marine Banks. And those books will be available for pickup. He'll have them signed and ready to go for you on Friday here at the radio station. So if you're listening, or if you he'll probably reach out to you anyway. We just wanted to mention that, uh, that um, you can pick those books up Friday with the business office hours uh, open 9 to 4 if you'd like to do that. Uh, if you got in touch or Doug got in touch with you in regards to the book he was giving out yesterday, wanted to give away three, wound up giving away six to those folks that I mentioned. So anyway, just wanted to uh, put that out there. 217-356-9397. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us talk at WDWS.com. Number one in uh, customer satisfaction. Number one in home sold. Number one in the area's People's Choice Awards. Five years in a row. And I'm sure they'll be up again here in 2023. Ryan Dallas Real Estate. Team at Ryan. They get uh, the job done for you. If you're looking to buy a home, want to know the coming soon program. If you're looking to sell your home, they can help. And these days and age here with the um, interest rates fluctuating and home market going through a little bit of change here as uh, everything adjusts with the economy, Ryan Dallas Real Estate, the team to uh, turn to. You can give them a call at 833-595-SOLD or you can go to Ryan Dallas RE, RyanDallasRE.com. Adam Austin, our producer today, 918. Uh, text says, is Mary Miller going to be on your show? Well, we'll reach out, sure, now that they've been settled in in Washington for a, a few weeks. We can certainly reach out to her. I mentioned Nikki Budzinski coming on at the end of the month. So, yeah, we can uh, we can certainly do that. We'll give it a shot anyway. Uh, Northwestern, they announced yesterday they've got uh, COVID issues, apparently, on their team. We haven't heard that in a while, have we? But uh, they don't have enough players, I guess, uh, able to play to field a team for tonight's game against Iowa. This listener says Northwestern should have to forfeit tonight since they can't field a team apparently using COVID as an excuse. Has sickness prior to the pandemic ever been an excuse? Why is it allowed now? Well, I just know they're not going to play the game, so they're going to have to figure out another time to do it. Regardless of how you feel about whether they should use it or not, that's what they said. 
So that'll have to be made up uh, somewhere along the way. Man, it's been a really tight schedule for basketball. I mean, there have been games, it's like an NBA schedule. We'll get another one tomorrow night. I think Illinois is in a stretch of six games in 15 days. And a lot of schools are going through that. I don't know why it's, uh, it seems like we've always had a little more a little more longer stretches between games, but it's really been compressed this year for some reason. All right, 9.20 at DWS, open line up until 10. Cynthia Bruno after the news at 10 for a little bit. Let's go to Allen. Good morning, sir. Morning, Brian. Uh, nice win you brought home the other night. Uh, Thank you. I wasn't expecting that to be so lopsided. Uh, it wasn't until the second half, I guess. I didn't get to see it. I had a game myself, but I listened parts of it on the radio mm-hmm. yeah it was like uh, we got a lot of help from uh the freshmen and Brandon leaves so that was good to see yeah they used everybody everybody that played scored uh in the game and, and and leave gave them seven or eight really good minutes when uh hawkins yeah. and and danger were in foul trouble yeah and uh the freshman had 25 points between the three of them that, that's a pretty good number very good number and 13 rebounds yeah, uh, I think Ty Rogers little by little will get better, and I think Harris and Epps is too. Mm-hmm. That helps a lot, especially with, like you say, Hawkins and uh, Shannon didn't exactly have their best game at all. But uh, it was nice. Uh, is Indiana still going to be without their two of their players? That's what I understand, yes. Yeah, uh, they need those two because they don't – Indiana's not that good without all – Three that are really good players. Yeah, they're a bit they're a bit uh, slowed down because of uh, Race Thompson not being there, and then Xavier Johnson. So they're missing yeah. those two guys. And uh, what I kind of really called about was I was glad to see the law firm come back. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Keith Randolph and Newton. Too. Who else? Calvin Hart. Yep. He announced late yesterday. So that helps the defense. When you get as many people to come back as possible, sure you get and, uh, uh, you get Coleman and uh, Akis and those two guys back up the middle. That's that's really good. All of a sudden, uh, Line Eye Sports is going pretty well right now. I don't know how long it'll last, but <laughs> but enjoy it while we can. Yeah, enjoy it. Try to. Yeah. Try real hard. You got any games tonight? No, I got hmm. night off. I was going to oh. watch. Both Big Ten games tonight, but now I guess I'm down to one. Yep, no I Northwestern in Iowa. That. I saw Wisconsin. I go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin beat Penn State last night. I saw that, so that was one. Yeah, I saw that. I heard Northwestern down to six players. In the old days, you would have played with six players. Yeah. <laughs> I I I don't you know I don't know I I see both ways I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it is what it is, usually. If you got five, at least five players, you played them. Well, I'm afraid the old days are gone, Alan. Yes, I know. <laughs> Don't I know that? Yeah. Boy, not. You was talking about the egg situation. Yeah. I used to get three eggs, but now with winter on and everything, uh, they're not producing, and they had a freeze out a few weeks ago, so production on the chickens. Down quite a bit, and I went to the grocery store, and paid five dollars a dozen. That's quite a bit. Yeah, it is, and it's it's higher in other places. Yeah, I know. Yeah, oh, and I'm used to. Yep, me too. 
All right, let's go. Hey, thank you, Alan. Bye. Good to hear from you. Yeah, some shoppers paying as much as $8 for a dozen eggs. Now, this was out of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. The price of eggs has more than doubled in the last year. Retails in the Milwaukee area start about three dozen, $3 a dozen for large white eggs, can be as high as 8 or $9 a dozen for free-range organic or other specialty eggs. Uh, let's see, some of the stores, these are not stores we have around here, but Pick and Save on its website advertised eggs starting at four sixty nine a dozen. For a dozen roundies, browned, large white eggs, and going up to eight ninety nine for Happy Egg Company's free-range heritage breed eggs. And the article goes on, why are eggs so expensive in Wisconsin? Primary culprit behind the price hike is a highly pathogenic form of avian influenza, deadly disease that experts say started in wild birds and began affecting chickens and other poultry early last year. Chicken flocks have been hit particularly hard in the Midwest, led by Iowa, where nearly 16 million birds have been destroyed or depopulated in the parlance of the USDA. In Wisconsin, exposure to avian flu has resulted in the deaths of 3.5 million chickens. Most of the chickens that were destroyed in Wisconsin since November, and those were limited, I'm sorry, most of the chickens that were destroyed in Wisconsin, 2.75 million birds, were to Jefferson County in Wisconsin Egg Farm, where the disease was identified last March. No new infections have been reported in Wisconsin since November, and those were limited to backyard flocks in a couple of counties there. In all, farmers had to destroy more than 40 million birds, or about one-tenth of the 389 million chickens in the U.S. at the start of 2022. Chicken flocks are still down 5 to 6 percent, said an emeritus professor of poultry sciences at the University of Wisconsin. Said bakeries and other food producers' needs for eggs has not changed. And consumers have sucked it up, continue to pay prices that make them gasp. So anyway, those are some of the uh, egg prices uh, story out of Wisconsin is uh, one explanation for it. And I've seen a couple others along the way as far as why the price of eggs is so high. I don't know what you're paying for your eggs, but they've more than doubled in the last year. 926 here on a penny for your thoughts. James is on the line. James Barham, how are you? I'm doing good, sir. How are you this morning? Hey, good to have you on. Well, thank you. I just was reading this great article about the uh, about the uh, uh, principal, uh, Mahone, from Southside. Yeah. The paper yesterday. Yeah, trying to get to Chicago. Just thought it was a great story, and I, and I love the picture of Dino Marker in it, too, so I know his parents real well, and uh, I'd like to help uh, try and raise some money for this. Oh, so. Okay. I'd like to offer, I would, I'll donate up to $1,000, but I'd like to match it to all your listeners uh, on your radio show this morning. Okay. So up to $1,000, you'll match it. Yeah. I was going to say, if we get, I'd like to get these kids up here and just the wonderful stories. It's good to see something positive uh, about our schools in the paper. So it was great to read. And so, yeah, I do uh, donate $1,000, up to $1,000, but I'd like to see if we can get some money raised, and I'd like to match uh, anyone up to $1,000. Wow. 
That's very generous of you, James. And I know you're, well, you you're, you try to help out in the community where you can. So that's uh, yeah, it's just a great story, and I think it's just great for those kids. And and what a great uh, this this uh, principal just sounds like a wonderful person, and uh, just 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 a fantastic story, and like to help. So yeah. Well, I know their uh, their website is there's a GoFundMe. If you go to GoFundMe.com, I'm telling our listeners here. Uh, and okay. if you if you just look for help our South Side superstars get to Chicago, they, I think they need fourteen thousand, and they're right. just they're just under ten thousand right now. Well, I that. like that. Oh, I got them to eleven. On my hope your listeners will will jump in. And let's get them to twelve. Well, that's great. So we'll just send them to that page, I guess, right? Or should they reach out to you, or what's the? I uh, I just go to the page or okay. call you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds good. Okay, I'll help you. Thank you for your help, and let's let's get these kids there. All right, thanks, James. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for all. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, James Barham, Barham Benefit Group, and a very much involved in our community. Uh, heard and saw the story of the. If you missed it the other day, we had uh, Angie Hatfield Marker on with uh, Dino, her son, and the uh, basically the, what happened is the short version of the story is, and you can read about it in the News Gazette uh, too. I think Bob Osmussen wrote about it uh, yesterday. But basically, they were on the the principal was on the Jennifer Hudson show was talking about all the different programs he's involved with at uh, Southside, and so the Jennifer Hudson folks, Jennifer Hudson herself, said, "Hey, we'll give you tickets to uh, for three hundred students and parents and sponsors and all the folks that can go up and go see a Bulls game coming up later this uh, this winter." But they didn't uh, take into account, either they didn't realize, as Bob said, they didn't realize that Champagne's not in the suburbs of Chicago. And that to take that many people, you got to get some buses. And to get the charter buses, it costs a lot of money. And I think the cost turned out to be uh, $14,000. So they went and did a GoFundMe page. And uh, it says, help our Southside superstars get to Chicago. And uh, Lisa Roundtree put that up. And they were trying to raise $14,000 for the cost. And we had Angie on and Dino talking about it. And I think at the time they had raised like 6000 Now it's up close to 10000 And uh, James Barham says he'll match. If you can donate any gift up to 1000 he'll match and try to get him closer to that goal so they can get their buses. So if you'd like to do that, um, if you go to GoFundMe, GoFundMe.com, and you'll see it if you just type in Southside Superstars or Help Our Southside Superstars. There's a picture of a school there, and, and you'll see Lisa's name and the amount. And if you want to donate, go ahead. Feel free to do that if you'd like to help out. And James will match your gifts. So that's pretty cool. And if you can't, if you're on, if you go to Facebook, if you uh, if you uh, look for Southside Elementary or Angie Hatfield Marker or whatever, the, it'll eventually get you there. But GoFundMe.com is probably the best way to to do that. Okay, I can help them out. All right, nine thirty. Let me get a break in. Back with more on a penny for your thoughts here in just a moment. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.
9.38, Penny for your thoughts. DWS, your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Alice Cooper at the State Farm Center May the 9th. Tickets for Alice Cooper's Too Close for Comfort Tour go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. at the State Farm box office. But we have your chance to win tickets all this week before you can buy them. Go to WDWS.com to get registered to win. Follow the link on the homepage, WDWS.com to get registered. And good luck. There you go. You can get some Alice Cooper tickets before they go on sale. I think uh, our old friend Scott Musgrave, who's been living out in Arizona for a long time now, works out there at the golf course. I see photos with him and Alice Cooper on Facebook, I think, once in a while. They must, he must uh, play golf out there or something. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm like, what's he doing with Alice Cooper? Anyway, he'll be at the State Farm Center in May. Uh, hi, Brian. I have no problem improving pay for jurors. It has to be a hardship for some people to only be paid $10. I guess I wonder where the money will come from. Considering the Safety Act hammers revenue to pay our court system. Could you ask the good judges a question, please? Uh, yes, the uh, judge, uh, the good judge, Justice Steigman, will be, they're all good. But uh, Justice Steigman is our guest on Friday. I can ask him that for sure and just resend the question on Friday. says, I have another question concerning court cost operations. As I remember some of the discussion surrounding the Safety Act, there was a concern about the massive increase in cost for the expanded pretrial hearings. Could you find out if there is still a requirement for Almost complete trial within 48 hours, including weekends or holidays, with lawyers to represent defendants to determine whether to keep them in jail or they have to be released. Okay, well, that'll be a question for uh, the judge on Friday. We can certainly uh, ask him that. But just remind me, if you can. Folks at Roost by Roger, homeowners can save money on installation and long-term energy costs. They purchase and install new river windows with Roost by Roger. To ensure a customer's total satisfaction, Roost by Roger's roofers have been provided with extensive educational materials developed by GAF's technical experts, allowing the company's roofers to stay current in the latest roofing installation techniques. Roost by Roger installs quality roofs. They also install siding, windows, both new and replacement, gutters, and other things. Company only works with the best roofing materials, GAF. They can work with you on financing your roof if you need that. So uh, give the uh, folks at Roost by Roger a call. Reach out to them or go to their website, Roofs by Roger. Roofs by Roger, R-O-D-G-E-R, serving central Illinois. For a long time. Roger's been in it a long time, even longer than the company. But they've been around since about the time I was in college, so that goes back a little ways. Roost by Roger, one of our sponsors here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Uh, Mike here weighs in on a text says, Disappointed our Champaign County Sheriff did not join over 80-plus county sheriffs on the anti-gun lawsuit. Only a handful did not sign on. Well, I know there's been a lot of discussion, uh, the Iroquois County Sheriff, Ford County Sheriff. I know Dustin uh, talked to, has talked publicly a little bit here in the last couple of days about uh, his feelings on it, and he says, hey, we're not, we're not going door to door, you know, looking for this. Uh, we're going to handle this like we handle everything else, uh, he says, professionally and 
But obviously, uh, I think his expression that he talked about uh, with Jeff D'Alessio in the News Gazette, and I saw him on TV uh, talking, is that it's not up to sheriffs, he feels, to determine whether something is constitutional or not, that the judicial system should figure that out. And that's kind of where it's going to go. I mean, it's going to go to the going to go to the courts and they'll have to it is in the courts and they'll figure out eventually a couple of lawsuits already been filed and somewhere downstate so we'll see where it goes but uh, a lot of uh, a lot of papers being sent out from various sheriffs uh, some in the local counties as well in regards to how they're going to handle this in the meantime and I think even Don Harmon the uh, Senate leader when they passed the uh, bill in the lame duck session, said, we'll see you in court. And I think the Rifle Association in Illinois said, okay, we'll see you there. And they're already uh, starting in on that. So we'll see what happens with it. Uh, Hi, Brian. The price of eggs is not cracking me up. There will be a scramble for them when the price goes down. Talk about way over easy to load back up. LOL, they say. Have a great day. That's good. I like it. You're thinking out there. Pretty good. All right. Uh, Hey, Brian, just wanted to remind listeners that free entry for the women's Illini basketball game tonight with your Illinois men's basketball Indiana game ticket. And could you explain what general admission tickets for the women's game means? Thank you, ILL. Well, I would think... Just based on general admission, I think you just sit where you like. Now, I don't know if that would include sitting courtside. I don't know about that. But I would assume just any of the – wherever you can find a regular seat, you're in. General admission. That's what it sounds like to me. And, again, the parking is free. And, yes, if you show your Illini men's basketball uh, Indiana game ticket, you'll get in for free that way too. There are a lot of different ways. I mean, if you're looking, if, if price is a factor, well, this is, uh, I mean, it's $5, $5 so, per ticket. So get over there and support the, the women. They're having a fantastic year, 15-3. and three. And, again, the maybe the biggest game, the News Gazette writes about it today, in, in the spotlight it says, great picture of the women there at midcourt with a big crowd. Uh, biggest game for them, they say, at least uh, the News Gazette folks writing about it, uh, could this be the biggest game since 2000? And uh, Illinois played Indiana pretty tough earlier this year in Bloomington, lost by four points, had the lead with a minute to go. And they've led the number three team in the country, Ohio State, by 17 in the third quarter. Those are the two of the better teams in the country, and they've gone toe-to-toe with them. And they are fun to watch, for sure. 945... Here at News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM. So glad you're with us on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Doing some open line time here to the top of the hour. Cynthia Bruno is scheduled to join us a little after 10. And if you want to match uh, James Barham, and he's matching you gifts, uh, your gifts up to 1000 for the kids from Southside Elementary to get their buses to take 300 or so folks up to Chicago for the Bulls game later this winter, you can do that. GoFundMe.com, and uh, Rich, uh, James will match your gift up to a thousand. So that's pretty cool. Nine forty-five. Back after this timeout. Oh, 
9.48 on this uh, Wednesday. Justice Robert Steigman at the end of the week. Tomorrow we'll have two experts on who have worked and handled and been involved with secret documents or classified documents. And, of course, that's all over the news. And it gets kind of confusing, I think, for those of us in the general public as to, okay, what is a classified document? What's a confidential What's secret? What's top secret? Who can handle those? Why are documents found at, you know, somebody's residence? What are they doing in the garage? Or, I mean, how? <laughs> what's going on here, I guess? How, how does it work? So we'll talk to a couple of experts about that in the 9 o'clock hour tomorrow. 10.30 tomorrow is Busey Money Talk. Uh, let's see here. Where am I going? Okay. Text says everyone threw a fit when President Biden tried to relieve some student debt. It would have cost taxpayers $300 million over a 10-year period. Yet Trump tax cuts for the rich cost taxpayers $400 million every year. Where was the public outcry? A listener asked rhetorically. All right. Uh, good morning, Brian. Just for the price of a dozen eggs, you could attend the Illini basketball game tonight. Go Illini. <laughs> well, that's about right. Cost of a dozen eggs. There you go. I don't think the dozen eggs will get you in the door, but the cost, I, I get it. The cost of the eggs will. And eight other states have this law, talking about the automatic uh, weapon law that was just passed. No one is going door to door. You just have to register your automatic weapon if you have one. No new sales of these weapons. All right, 950 at DWS. That's on the text line. Lawrence is on the phone line. How are you doing, sir? Good morning. Uh, the answer for how they're dispersing the general admission tickets is quite straightforward. I was there yesterday, and they have the map at the assembly hall ticket office and most of the map is colored deep blue for these general admission tickets so it's basically all of c-section uh... most if not all of b and uh, there is a large portion of a that's sold out as regular tickets but there are some of the a section also that are general admission and it's first come first serve when you enter oh okay so they have that map when you enter you have the map there at the ticket office at the ticket office okay interesting okay so you've gone to a couple no i just bought tickets yesterday oh i see okay so you're going very good well thank you lawrence that's helpful Yes, it was. Thank Appreciate you. It. Thank you. Yeah, somebody says they paid two fifty nine for a dozen eggs at Meyer Sunday. They're four dollars at Aldi for a dozen eggs. Now, are those just all large eggs, or are they special eggs? I just always buy grade A large eggs. That's what my, when my wife sends me out to get the groceries on occasion. Um, that's what I get. Now, I know there's all kinds of sizes of eggs, like there's all kinds of different milks. But uh, this listener says two fifty nine a dozen for eggs, $4 at Aldi. Okay, good to know. What are you paying? Nine fifty two. Uh, sounds like with the avian flu that went around and uh, several chickens had to be killed in the Midwest, that is affecting the uh, chicken price. I always remember what I was told 
about the McDonald's McRib. Whenever the McRib sandwiches come out, the price of pork always went up because there were more there were more pigs needed for the pork sandwiches. It had a direct impact. It's kind of interesting. All right, nine fifty two. Let me get another break in here. Back with more Penny for your thoughts in a moment. Cynthia Bruno after the news. Back on a penny for your thoughts. Yeah, just looking at the uh, women's basketball seating chart for the game tonight, and Lawrence is exactly right. The um, just general admission, the 200 level, the old C section, that's all general admission. About half of the section there, um, anywhere from 10, let's see, 125, between 125 all the way around to 134, which is on, the, I think, the west side of the State Farm Center. Uh, that's general admission. There's some seats down there, 103 to 114. 101 is an orange section reserved, and then there's some reserved seating and floor seating, and then there's courtside seating. There's all kinds of different variations, but general admission is the vast bulk of it. Anyway, uh, if you go to fightingillini.com, go to the uh, tickets and the women's seating chart, you can see where the uh, what uh, Lawrence was referring to. So there you go, 217-356-9397. Going to be talking about women's basketball again after I know a lot of years where they had a lot of a lot of tough seasons. They are getting a lot of national attention. You would think Shauna Green would be up for Coach of the Year in the Big Ten and maybe nationally for what she's done here in this short amount of time. Pretty exciting. Hi, Brian. The shooter in Highland Park was ineligible to purchase weapons because of his mental illness history. Furthermore, the local police failed to file the red flag paperwork on him. The same lack of police action allowed the Aurora shooter to carry out his crime. Why are these facts being ignored? Why can't these jurisdictions be held accountable? In any cases like this, there's always it's easy to go back and say, well, somebody missed this and you missed that and you should have and this could have been done and that could have been done and um, it does happen, unfortunately. But we'll see what happens with the uh, the law when it comes to the uh, the assault weapons uh, bill that was passed and put into law, now being in court, challenged, and a lot of sheriffs are responding to it as well, including our own local sheriff. So there's been a lot of talk about it. Uh, there is no doubt about that. All right, MX Electric, one of our sponsors here, our man Max. If you want to call MX Electric for any electrical work, big, small, or in between, and don't worry about it being too small. I mean, I was just so busy here with games. Uh, I said, Max, can you in- install a, uh, a ring doorbell for me? Sure, he can do that. Or if you need some, uh, my dad needed a um, light near the barn that had been rewired, I don't know how many times since it went up, and I don't even know how old that light pole is. But he fixed it, and it can be anything like that. And, of course, he works on big commercial projects, too, he and his team. But MX Electric, he started this business on his own a couple of decades ago and decided you know, to uh, make it grow and advertise with us. And, man, it has grown fast, and he's got a great reputation involved in the community as well. He's a good man, MX Electric. Just uh, Google their website. And reach out to Max, MX Electric. 
All right, let's see here. Eggs grade. All right. Yeah, I've seen some of this. You have eggs graded as large, or see, large about two ounces, extra large about two to three ounces, medium about one ounce, one and three quarters, I guess. That print's really small. Small about one and a quarter ounce. Peewee below 1% ounce or below one ounce. I don't think I've ever seen peewee eggs. I've seen all the others, small, medium, large, extra large. But, yeah, the uh, the cost of eggs, we've talked about it a bit here this morning. Don't know what you're paying, but let us know what you've come across as far as the uh, the overall cost and a lot of different reasons for it. Usually is. But we'll continue to talk about that here as we go. we got some open line a uh, little bit. Here tomorrow, although we will talk with a couple of uh, classified document experts in regards to all that's happening with the documents in Washington and uh, a lot of classified documents even on the U of I campus. So we'll talk about some of that tomorrow. Cynthia Bruno after the news, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, 10 o'clock. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart. On News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM, WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at WDWS.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. We're back. Hour number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts here. News Talk 1493.9 FM as we join you on this Wednesday. we got women's basketball tonight. Biggest game in a long time, I think, at the State Farm Center. 21 Illinois against number six Indiana. we got the Hoosiers in for the men tomorrow night at 730. And I... Probably, I think, near the end of the show, either today or tomorrow, I'll give away a couple of tickets for the men's game. I'm not sure what the which will work better, but we'll figure that out. And you'll know it when you hear me talk about it. So we'll think about that. Tomorrow we got a couple of experts on about these classified documents and the handling of classified documents and who can, who can put them where, because uh, that's been in the news quite a bit. And then Justice Robert Steigman coming up on Friday. And we heard uh, James Barham called in, of course, from Barham Benefit Group, uh, talking about the Southside Elementary students wanting to get their buses up to Chicago. He says he'll match your donation up to 1000 I think they're just under 10000 I think, of the last check of the 14000 needed. So you can help out with that. If you want to uh, give a gift, you can go to GoFundMe.com and just uh, type in the Southside Elementary students or STARS. South Elementary Stars, and uh, you'll find it, and you can do that if you'd like. All right, uh, Cynthia Bruno is here. How are you? Good morning. Good. Doing well, how are you doing? You have students over there, do you? I do. I have a yeah. first grader at Southside Elementary yeah. School, and he is excited for that Bulls game. So I'll I'll uh, send another <laughs> shout-out for all of those who are, might be on the fence about donating to get those students there. You know, that'll be something that those those kids talk about their whole lives if they're able mm-hmm. to go. So if, if anyone feels moved to donate, please do so. Absolutely. Well, uh, remind people of what you're doing in your professional business, your professional life. Sure. In my professional life, I'm a marketing and strategy consultant. I, I work with uh, about four to five clients right now. 
and uh, help people uh, figure out exactly how they're getting their message across and best telling their story. So I've been traveling a lot for work, actually, at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the year, but uh, back in action here in the community now. And did some TV work. Did some TV years. work in the past. Yeah, I yeah. was uh, on WCIA for quite some time and ended my career in television there as the morning news anchor. Well, we wanted to bring you back on. I forget when we had you on. It was late last fall, I think, about Unit 4, and there was these uh, schools of choice. They were trying to figure out different solutions, trying to change those, and we talked in depth about that and yeah. uh, remind folks of what was happening back then. Sure. So, you know, really since I think September, late September, the community got information about some of the proposed changes to the schools of choice model. And since then, there's been, uh, I think, a really wide community conversation about what our school system needs to do to change and kind of what would best set us up and set students up for the future. And so the community has been weighing in on a number of options that the district and their consulting uh, group that they've hired, Cooperative Strategies, have put forward. And now we're nearing the end of that process, and the school board has created, uh, the district has come forth with a recommendation, and the school board will be voting on that recommendation on January 23rd, so this coming Monday. Yeah, that's coming up pretty soon. And uh, the recommendation now is different from the previous recommendations. That's right. So talk about what those were and how this one's different. Sure. So when the community first heard the news that, you know, somewhere between 60 and 90 percent, I believe it was, of students who were going to be disrupted from their current elementary schools and and forced to attend a new school, uh, elementary school in the 2023-2024 school year, so this upcoming school year, um, you know, people were, were pretty upset, pretty upset to hear that. So over the fall and into winter and and quite frankly, over the holidays, the community has been able to come out and give their opinion on the proposed recommendations and kind of give also alternative ideas about what they would like to see happen in the school system. And from that information and a lot of data has been released on where people stood on certain recommendations and scenarios. Now they're now the school district has reached and put forward a recommendation saying they are going to go with uh, a scenario that changes things a little bit. So we've got um, Garden Hills and IPA will both have uh, an, uh, a middle school component to it, a junior high component to it, and then also a pre-K component to it. And um now the scenario, which for the first time we heard at the last board meeting will include some additional changes to the middle school feeder system. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that would be Jefferson and Edison and Franklin. That's correct. As far as that goes. Yep, those are the three middle schools that we have in the community, public middle schools that we have in the community. And where you go to elementary school determines where your child goes to middle school. Mm -hmm. And they've proposed some changes to that middle school program. And and part of those changes were included in the last scenario that the community got to give feedback on. But some of the changes weren't included in that last Mm. scenario. So at the board meeting, at the last board meeting, the community heard for the first time that there would be two additional changes to that feeder system, and they would swap where Westview and Southside go to middle school. Mm -hmm. And so that is the final proposal, which I would consider now a new scenario um, that the community can give feedback on, although how to give feedback or whether that feedback will be counted or tabulated 
is very unclear. My only understanding of feedback that the community can give at this point would be to give feedback prior to the board vote on the 23rd. Mm-hmm. And that's coming up uh, on Monday. 217-356-9397 is our number. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us talk at wdws.com. I know uh, Amy Armstrong has mentioned that, hey, the school board's been hearing for several years now that the Schools of Choice program needed to be changed, mm-hmm. that people were not happy with it. And so they came up, as you said, these, these folks came up with the different scenarios. And so now this, they call it scenario four, I guess now. Is that what is it what is. they are calling yeah, yeah, yeah. it, yes. Although I would argue that it shouldn't be called scenario four because scenario four is what the community gave feedback on. Mm-hmm. And the scenario that is ultimately being put forth for the recommendation includes elements that no one got to give any input on from the community at all. And I guess the overall big picture, the reason this whole discussion even came up was because they were trying to adjust the socioeconomic um, levels at each school. Is that was the original idea? That's that's my understanding. Mm -hmm. Although I think that, you know, there's still, I I think that the people are still a little bit unclear what the ultimate goal is of, Mm -hmm. of, of making any change. And so, you know, I'm I'm fully supportive of changes that 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 lead to to some ultimate goal that we're trying to achieve, um, but I think that there's still some questions in the community about what that is. All right, uh, I got a text here. It says, "Who recommended the study and approved the cost?" Do we know that? I don't know who recommended the study, but mm-hmm. certainly the board. Uh, they had an open meeting uh, that I th- I believe it was. They looked at three different. Um, consulting groups Mm -hmm. and then approved the cost to move forward with the consulting group that they chose cooperative strategies. Now we mentioned the different scenarios. The first scenarios proposed in the fall that Cynthia talked about called for moving between 64 and roughly 80 percent of students next year. Both were met with broad opposition in parent surveys and focus groups. Uh, The uh, board said hey we heard resoundingly that was undesirable wasn't uh, from one community and not others. We heard it everywhere we went. Uh, this latest proposal they're going to vote on Monday, it says estimated to move less than 10% of the students. You say, though, as well, there's a middle school component to it. Mm-hmm. But it was also the most popular, it says. More than 55% of parents and district staff surveyed last month supported or strongly supported the option. 18% said they needed more information. So at least maybe it's less least disruptive. It and, is. Yeah. It's less disruptive from the elementary school standpoint. Mm-hmm. I, and I think that... You know, that's something that I think a lot of community members were were happy to see that the students that their their children were going to school with, they'd be able to stay in those schools. And I think that was, uh, you know, something the community was very, very concerned about when the original scenarios were proposed. Um, And at this point, though, you know, there will be disruption in how people look at and think about their middle schools. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that's interesting is in the last um, pamphlet that went out for the 2020, for this school year's registration, Mm -hmm. something included in there was a call out to think about what middle school you'd like your child to attend for for various reasons, right? Like whether it was close to your home or whether there was some specific programming there. And now, of course, the middle, what the final proposal that the board is voting on on Monday would change the middle school feeder system. So if you did, in fact, choose your elementary school based on which middle school it fed into, mm-hmm. um, there's a chance that that changes when you go into mm-hmm. when your child ultimately will go into middle school. And Cynthia mentioned this, but uh, Carrie Busey elementary students would feed into Franklin, mm-hmm. Booker T and Westview students into Edison and Southside students to Jefferson Middle School. That's right. 
And if you have Southside students, that would change where your middle school. It would. For you. It would. And, 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 you know, and look, I'm not the only person in this situation, and I don't know how many people are, but we chose Southside in large part and, and all, you know, in very large part because we live close to Southside and Edison Middle School. And so there's a walkability component for that. With the students from Southside being moved to Jefferson Middle School, you know, there's going to be a, a big portion of that school population that loses the walkability component, which they may have, may have chosen Southside for, and vice versa for some other students as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm not, look, I'm not saying that there doesn't need to be a change to our middle schools, that we shouldn't, you know, balance things out a little bit more, but we should allow the community to weigh in. We should allow there to be a way, a, a clear way to provide input and feedback on the middle school scenarios, just as there was a way for us to provide some feedback on the elementary school Mm -hmm. scenarios. Now, the board says public comment will be heard ahead of its January 3rd vote. So have you heard where or how that's going to take place? Ahead of the January 23rd vote? I believe it'll be, you know, I I believe it'll be structured similarly to how public comment is structured in their current board meetings. Um, But this one will be ahead of the vote so that people can weigh in in that way. So I would just encourage people, if you do have something to say about this topic, if you have concerns, you know, whether you, whether you support it or you don't support it, please come and let your voice be heard because what we what I believe is true is that we need community input into our schools and we need to make sure that the school district and the and the and the board understand that we are paying attention. Uh, the proposal would also change Kenwood and Barksdale Elementary's balance calendar schedulers to match the rest of the uh, district schedules. Yeah. Um, what, what are you hearing from folks on that? You know, at the last board meeting I was at, there were quite a few folks who came out for public comment to to talk about how removing the balance calendar would impact their families. And I would just continue encouraging, you know, those those parents, those teachers, if they have concerns, to try to make their voices heard as much as they can. Um, I don't know if there's – I haven't seen any other way for people to do that at this point other than attending the board meetings and, and making your comments mm-hmm. public. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you mentioned the uh, pre-K and uh, grades 6 through 8 to Garden Hills mm-hmm. and International Prep Academy. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's an attempt to cut down on the moving of so many people, right? Is that what well, you perceive that to be? Or? I think that probably does a few things. I yeah. think, number one, it helps us utilize some spaces a little bit more. And it helps um, bring some additional programming to areas in our community. I am a huge fan of pre-K as as an option for parents and, and all-day pre-K. What I would really like to see, though, is um, an understanding of how, as a district, we can pull this off, like how this is going to be staffed, what, if any, uh, transportation uh, implications this might have. Mm -hmm. And from what I understand from the board meeting, you know, those are going to be uh, things that get answered by a committee once there is a vote on this. But as a community member, I would really like to see more information about how we're going to carry out these proposals before there's a vote to say, hey, let's do this. Mm -hmm. Well, at least uh, I think the ball got moved a little bit. I mean, I know the superintendent's been dealing with a lot of this and losing some sleep over it, I know, from the original two proposals. She mentioned that in the the meeting. And, you know, I will say this. I'm really glad that, number one, I want to thank community members for – 
for taking this seriously and for providing their input, whether they've spoken at a public comment, whether they've filled out a survey. And I mean that sincerely, whether you were in favor of these original changes or against the original changes, the more people we have participate in the conversation, the better the ultimate, uh, the, the better the end game is going to be. And so, you know, we did see people participate and we did see that there was an overwhelming response that people did not want that kind of disruption to the elementary mm-hmm. schools. Yeah, it sounds like they heard them. I believe that. I, mean, I believe that's true. that's true. I believe that's yeah. true. I don't know that they necessarily had a choice but to hear them <laughs> based <laughs> on the responses. But um, but I think that is true that they heard what people had to say in the community and, and reacted accordingly mm-hmm. to try to come up with some proposals that didn't to have the same disruption that they originally planned. Cynthia Bruno from Unit 4 Families for a Smarter Solution is uh, part of what she was doing last fall. Somebody said, why is Ms. Bruno the cheerleader for the school board on school choice? I don't think you're being a cheerleader for it. I think you're uh, just I'm explaining not sure what, it. I'm not sure what they yeah. mean by that. Yeah, um, why can't the school board president be on the radio answering questions? Well, I'm working with Amy on doing that, so we're actually working through that process. So, Good. We'll I, I mean, yeah. You know, I think one of the things we've we've been really looking for is more information. I would I would love for the district to be much more aggressive in their communication with parents and the community about what is currently going on, what the scenario is, ways to provide input. And I, you know, I don't think we've really seen that. And so I think it'd be much I think it'd be really helpful for community members um for the district, whether that's the board, whether it's the superintendent, whether it's the communications department for the district, to really help us understand things before we're being asked to provide input and mm-hmm. and watch them vote. Yep, and talking with Amy, I think she's willing to do that. So uh, we'll see what what happens with that. I so think that, that's so great. I would good. really look yeah. forward to hearing that conversation. Yeah. yeah. Anything else going on? I mean, uh, the high school. I mean, the construction's still going on. Yeah, the construction I mean, is going on at the high school. Um, we live near Central High School, so I've gotten kind of a front view. Uh, <laughs> front row view of what's been going on and it's uh you know their soccer fields are starting to look really nice yeah they are and uh the, we'll see they're trying to think where the old ymca used to be is that a band yeah what, so the, band the old thing? ymca has been torn down and it's yeah. that that area and that parking lot that's been a you know not not the greatest view out the window mm-hmm. <laughs> for quite some time to look at um and now it's starting to look a little bit better with with what central's got going for on sure yeah Ten twenty-five. i believe mark's on the phone here mark how are you uh, good morning, and thank you, uh, Mrs. Bruno, for being on. Um, I'm just curious, as to, and you just touched on this a moment ago, you know, we don't hear from the school superintendent. We don't hear from the board president. Uh, it is my understanding that the only one that can communicate with the superintendent, none of the board members can. They have to send a letter to the board president, who then communicates to the superintendent. And it sounds like, if this is true, a very insulated type of command structure where our elected board members are not allowed to directly talk to the superintendent. One of the things I like to point out is that Champaign is about the only district in the state that hires people who are non-superintendents to be superintendents. The last superintendent we had that had been a prior superintendent was uh, Arthur Culver some tw- uh, 15 to 20 years ago. It wasn't and wasn't Dr. Boozer the superintendent in Springfield? No. No? I believe she no. was a principal. Was a principal? Oh, Yeah, okay. before that, uh, you know, we've never, I mean, if you go back after the folks after, uh, um, 
Oh, I just forgot his name. Um, and he didn't even have his doctorate. We hire people that were not superintendents before. And so I really have this lack of accountability where individual citizens who are not on the board are are having to find out this information when we should be having, you know, you just said, well, we're trying to work it out with Amy. Well, that should be just like you have Tom Bruno come on and when Clarissa Foreman was on the city council, you know, they showed up on a regular basis um, to answer constituents' questions. And the same thing should be true with the school board and the school superintendent. They should come on on a regular basis because... You know, the last referendum cost us $200 million and or whatever, and, and our price of our taxes went up. And so we need to ask questions and have the superintendent come in and at least talk about these issues, because as good as Mrs. Bruno is, maybe there's an additional question that some listener uh, or other person in the community might have about the uh, way the district is being run. And and this whole thing, you know, with with what they just got, you know, what they planned. How much did we spend for uh, the um, uh, consultants to come in to come up with a plan that was universally hated by everyone? Yeah, that you I know, don't I mean, know. Brian, I don't remember that. You know, Brian. I mean, granted, you grew up in Tolono. But if you're a kid in Champaign, you know, living in southwest Champaign or northwest Champaign or, or wherever, there could be seven kids of of uh, seven houses full of kids, and those kids could go forward to three different elementary schools based on school of choice. And that's wrong. You need to have a, to have a strong community. The kids that live around Bottenfield should go to Bottenfield. The kids that live around Southside go to Southside. That's how most of us were raised. You know, we went to grade school with grade school, junior high, and then high school at the same mm-hmm. and 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 we're missing that in Champaign. And and you know, so where do you go to school? I go to Barkstall. I go to Stratton. I go to Doctor Howard. And you're all living on the same street. Well, I know several people from Bonville. I think Bonville they have several. People going to different schools from Bonville. Yeah, from that was one of the that was one of the things uh, in this scenario that they were trying to streamline was the, the students from Bonville all attending the same school and you know for a transportation issue. Yeah. Uh, Mark, there, well, thanks I mean, for calling in. I want to I want to address a couple of the things that you mentioned. Thank you, Mark. Um, number one, from the community from the communication standpoint, I don't I don't know that that's true that there isn't a, a direct communication between the board members and, and Dr. Boozer. Yeah. In, in fact, um, my understanding is that is that there is a direct line of communication there, um, and I, I want to be I want to be careful. You know, I I am not here to speak on behalf of the district or the board or any of that. I, I'm here as a concerned parent, as someone who's gotten really involved in this issue because I was shocked at some of the original proposals that were being put out there. Um, and so, you know, any any attempt that I'm that I'm uh, have at explaining something is not to speak for anyone in the district. Um, and, you know, uh, to Mark's point, though, about hearing more from our community leaders who are involved in the schools, I think we should be hearing a lot more. I think people in this community would welcome information about, you know, how how things are going in our schools and things that are um, being done to, to achieve the strategic plan, information about, you know, why we are hiring this consulting group, information about, you know, what are we ultimately here to try to achieve, information about 
how are we going to actually put some of these scenarios into play if they are if they are recommended and then approved? You know, I think there's a lot of information that we're just missing, or at least that I personally feel like I'm missing. And I, I would like to see just a stronger sense of connecting with the community about these really important decisions. Mm. Hey, Cynthia, I appreciate you coming in today. Yeah, thanks for having me. A lot of good information me. here. I, and, and I really uh, hope that folks who uh, have something to say come out to the board meeting on the 23rd and give your input on, on you know, kind of where you see this final recommendation playing out and make your voice heard. This is your community. This is your school system as well. And, and you know, let's make sure that we continue to participate as community members. Very good. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Keep, keep us posted on Absolutely. what's going on. All right, 1031, back in a moment here on Penny. Ten thirty-four on a penny for your thoughts. Appreciate Cynthia Bruno being with us. She's been with Unit Four Families for a Smarter Solution. Uh, very much involved in all of the discussions over the last few months about the, what to do with the schools of choice and the different scenarios and the creative solutions came up with. And there's a vote coming up on the Monday, the twenty-third. We'll let you know how it comes out. News Gazette will be all over it, of course, uh, covering it and what effect that will have uh, going forward. And uh, I have. I've, I've talked to Amy, and uh, we both agree that um, I'm talking to her that they would like to uh, be on more, and we can certainly get them on uh, to talk about school issues and so forth. So um, I think they're very agreeable to that. And uh, we'll see what, uh, what we can line up. All right, uh, 217-356-9397 is our number. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. I will say my uh, my brother lives over in Springfield, and he had very uh, he knew a lot about uh, Dr. Boozer and was said she was uh, very, uh, very well respected over in Springfield and uh, came over here and has settled in in the last year or so. We've had her on the air a couple of times and I've always enjoyed my visits with her. So uh, she's very, very, uh, very accomplished, I think, and uh, – so we'll see uh, going forward what happens with uh, with Unit 4 when it comes to uh, the vote on Monday. 1036 at DWS. Uh, Harold is with us here this morning. Hi, Harold. Hi, Brian. How are you? Good. Good. I, just, I was hoping to get on with your guest, but I, I was in a position I couldn't call earlier. But I was just going to talk about the uh, call-in threats to the schools. Uh, I couldn't believe when I read the article that the, the person who called it in, all they got was two years of probation uh, for what all the schools and the students and the parents had to go through. Uh, it just it's just unbelievable that that was that was the only punishment. And in fact, it, the article said she showed up late, missed one one uh, court date, and then showed up late for her second one. So she had no respect for the court or anything. And to give her two uh, two years probation. You know, I mean, I thought community, some community service or, you know, something. But, I mean, to me, this is no detriment to anybody calling in uh, the threats anymore to the schools if they know that all, all they're going to get is uh, probation. Now, there was there was a couple of people involved, right? There was, was You're talking about the young person from Urbana? It's herself? No, the one from Chicago. One from Chicago. Okay. Yeah. 
that you know the article said that she, she all she got was uh, two years of probation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I you know uh, uh, I just I don't know just with with all the the money that with extra money that was spent in the students' time and all that that uh, just doesn't seem adequate well, to me. Yeah, well, it was it was very disruptive. There's no doubt about that. And um, yeah. All right. Well, very good. Yeah. Right, sorry. You. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. That was uh, man. I'm trying to think when that was. That was here recently. And yeah, there was. Uh, they were eventually went to um, remote learning there for a, for a little while in Urbana. Ten thirty seven. Let me get to CBS News. Brought to you by Blaine's Farm and Fleet, your ag headquarters, helping you get the job done right with farm supplies and equipment, fencing, feed, and more. Wisconsin-based and family-owned since nineteen fifty-five. Here's CBS. At uh, DWS, appreciate Cynthia Bruno being in the first hour, or the uh, top of this hour, the last half hour. We've got an open line going here till the top of the hour. Went back to the original story on the uh, 15-year-old from Chicago was charged with a making a terrorist threat, a Class X felony. Police said she was one of several people who called the Urbana High School. This was back in November, right around Thanksgiving, I think, before Thanksgiving. Threatening to kill students and staff, those results, those threats resulted in school being canceled one day in a soft lockdown a few days later. The uh, Champaign County State's Attorney, Julia Reed, says she's a juvenile and this is being handled in juvenile court. Maximum penalty is up to your 21st birthday. Uh, Reed had said the teen told authorities it started in a chat room on an app. An unknown person in the chat asked if anyone would make threats to the school and even sent an audio attachment of what to say. It's unclear why she went ahead and did this. There was a photo of the individual. His face covered, so hard to figure out who it is, but that person did have a stack of money in his hand. May have been a situation where somebody thought they were going to get paid to make those calls. Back in November, the teenager and her mother attended uh, used Zoom to attend a detention hearing where the judge ruled she would stay in Champaign County's custody until a status hearing the next month. Uh, Police were still investigating, this was November, whether the teen was involved in a series of threatening emails the high school received last week. Those uh, those emails resulted in more lockdowns and school being moved online for four days last week and this week. Again, this was all back in November. So anyway, that's the story he's referring to uh, in regards to that. That was a 15-year-old, I think, or a 16-year-old. All right, 217-356-9397. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. All right, uh, the purpose of the proposed changes was to balance the SES of every elementary school in the district. Uh, However, the superintendent has shown no proof yet that a balanced SES will have any effect on student scores. Uh, Dr. Boozer had stated she wanted one of the two original plans offered by the consultants that had major disruption for all students in the district. 
Remember, there is a school board election in April. Well, this latest uh, scenario as it is, or proposal that they're going to vote on Monday, uh, according to the story I saw, and let me go back to it again, uh, they said the disruption would be for about 10%, I think, of students. But as Cynthia talked, there's also a middle school, different middle school component to it as well, where a couple of different elementary schools would feed into a couple of different middle schools. So that was obviously something to take in consideration as well. All right, I think I'm caught up on all the texts and emails. It is 1044 here at DWS, Hutchcraft Moving. They're in uh, Urbana, Lincoln Avenue. So if you have something you need to move, something you need to store, they can certainly do that for you. So uh, give them a call. They've been at this, the Hutchcraft family, for a long, long time. Back in the 40s and at the end of World War II, of course, and then people were coming back home and people were looking to move and they were scattering to different parts of the country and they got uh, united there with the United Van Lines. In the 50s, early 50s, when the uh, expansion boom was happening, people going to the Sun Belt or other states, and uh, they were there to meet a need, and they've met it for all these years. Hutchcraft Moving, Hutchcraft Van Service, located on Lincoln Avenue in Urbana. Give them a call. Great people, locally owned, operated. They'll take good care of you. They've got a great warehouse over there and great facility, and uh, they will attend to, their, to your needs. They moved us here at the radio center three different times. And that's not easy with a, you know, you got three stations in here that are on the air 24-7, and they did a great job with it. Kept us up and running. 1045, back after this. In restless dreams I walked alone Narrow streets of cobblestone Need the halo of a street lamp I turned my Yeah, Pentatonix, they did the uh, national anthem for the college football championship game. That was uh, fantastic. The game wasn't very good, but the national anthem was good. 10.48 at DWS on a a penny for your thoughts here this morning. Again, tomorrow we'll have a couple of experts in regards to handling of classified documents. Michael Dockery and Susan Warsaw will be with us in the 9 o'clock hour. And uh, they wanted to get, you know, talk a little bit about that and just explain what goes into that. Because there are a lot of misconceptions. As with everything else, uh, sometimes the the actual facts or how things work gets lost in the uh, fog of political rhetoric. Imagine that. Wow, political rhetoric fogging everything up. I'm shocked by that. But that's what happens. Illinois women tonight against Indiana. We were talking about the price of eggs a little bit earlier. And what are you paying for your eggs these days? So you can send those in as we go along here today. 217-356-9397. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. The Illini men's game is at 730, by the way. A little bit of an odd time tomorrow night. 
couple of texts here. It says, it was my understanding the Champaign High School renovation was in part to allow neighboring students to obtain easier access. The renovation of Champaign High School. Now they want to move the grade school students all around. Doesn't make sense to me. Well, the initial proposals did move a lot of grade school students around, but this latest one, they say, only affects about 10%. With maybe some effect on the middle schools, too. All right, I don't know what to tell you on that. All right, appreciate the text. Uh, Progressive Socialist Democrat listeners need to get educated on differences between automatic firearms, which are currently illegal here, and the many different currently owned semi-automatic pistols and rifles that Pritzker wants to take from us that are one controlled trigger pull releasing one round. Gun bans are historically designed as gun confiscation. Early laws prohibited black Americans from gun ownership. The Nazis stripped guns from the Jews and then easily encamped and murdered six million victims. Governments in communist countries worldwide have outlawed and confiscated guns from their people only to oppress and kill them, like Mao and Pol Pot and Stalin. Like all socialists greedy for power, Pritzker is following this Marxist playbook and wants to be president with the help of his progressive friends in Congress. Gun owners should not panic or register any of their shotguns and rifles including that can carry 10 rounds or pistols that can hold 15. This is the leftist definition of assault weapons they just invented to get the sheep to tell J.B. who to come after and where to find the guns. In 1776, 10% of American colonists resisted. We can still defend these same rights today. We will win in court. Well, that's where it's going is to court. So that'll play out here over the next few months. You're also going to hear a lot about the debt ceiling over the next few days. So get ready for that, okay? I'm just telling you. Get ready for nonstop debt ceiling talk here shortly. So I'll I'll say I told you so. 10.51 here at DWS on a penny for your thoughts. Let's go to the desert here get the latest from our buddy Brent. on a penny for your thoughts on this Wednesday. I think our temperature has gone down a little bit. 36 is what it says here. High of 44 today. Low of 40 tonight with some rain. Supposed to rain uh, part of today anyway. All right, I do have two uh, basketball tickets for the Illinois-Indiana game uh, for tomorrow night. This is for the men's game tomorrow night. And I'm thinking with my time constraints here, I may give them away tomorrow. So let me just listen in tomorrow. We'll we'll do that, okay? Because I think it'll be easier just to uh, to wait till tomorrow. I've got um, got the two guests on about the classified documents in the nine o'clock hour. We'll give them away in the ten o'clock hour, okay? Just before the uh, folks with uh, on the money, Busey Money Talk at uh, yeah, Busey Money Talk is what it is. Mixing my shows there. Busey Money Talk at 10.30. So we'll do it somewhere in that uh, window between 10 and 10.30 tomorrow. I'll give away the the basketball tickets. I'll come up with a good question for you. Okay, to win those. Uh, 
at DWS. A large egg weighs about two ounces. If a dozen eggs is five dollars, they cost about three thirty-three per pound. A listener says. What is the conclusion? I have no idea. Just did the math. They say. All right, and somebody wants to know what's going on at the old News Gazette building. Big white tubes going to a large machine in the back. I have no idea. I haven't been down there in a while, so I don't. I don't know what's happening. I'll. I'll ask. See what I can learn. To the phones here at ten fifty six, Dave. Hey, I did hear uh, eggs were a dollar ninety nine at Ruler. If anybody wanted to go out there, Ooh, I heard that. I, okay, I can't, I can't tell you that for sure. Can't confirm it, but it, you hear uh. it was on the internet, so it must be true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, absolutely. Well, it was on next door last night, yeah. so now I just ran Ruler out of eggs. I guess. <laughs> um. Here's the question I've got. What is the reason behind moving all these kids to different schools? Well, I think it, a, a couple of things. Socioeconomic balance, I think, was part of it. Um, and but now the they, original discussion had – one of the things discussed was the learning gap for, okay. um, you know, the so, uh, education so gap, I guess. So I guess what we're trying to do is spread the failure around of our schools. And what I mean by that is just because you're going to take kids that are not performing well and moving them to other schools and not doing anything else about it, not changing your curriculum, not changing your teachers, not changing your administrators, all you're doing is taking the failure and moving it around. Well, and, it's kind of a, that's, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, uh... You're diluting the failure at other schools. And so all you're doing is moving the kids but you have done nothing to bring the scores up. Well, uh, they won't look at it that way, and they don't see it that way. All they're looking about is the socioeconomic gap and trying to to dilute that to the other schools. I mean, you remember what happened when they took the scholarships down in basketball, and when what they did when they took the scholarships down in uh, football in the NCAA? Uh, no, I don't remember that. Parity. Oh. There was a lot more parity, wasn't okay. there? You've got other teams that are playing at higher levels. Now, with NIL, that all goes out the window. I understand that because now Alabama and Georgia are just going to solidify all that, and the SEC is going to solidify that. But for a while, you had parity. You had teams that were coming up and beating teams that they had never thought of beating before because there weren't enough. It diluted the talent between other, other institutions. Hmm. And it made everybody more equal, yes. But did you have did you have people exceeding the levels that in other words, I'm not explaining this well. I had it all in my mind until I got on the radio. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> that happens but, but that happens think, to me too. <laughs> but but we're sort of diluting the failure around to other schools. Hmm. And they talk about the socioeconomic gap. They're not talking about raising it. They're talking about just changing it. Hmm. And what are we going to do to change the schools? That's my question. Yeah. Hey, Dave, I'm running out of time here, but okay. but thank you. I yep, appreciate thank you. your thoughts. Thank you. i got the news coming up here in about 10 seconds. Uh, back tomorrow, we'll talk classified documents. Justice Steigman on Friday. Thanks for being with us. That was good. WDWS, Champagne. <laughs>